Welcome to Beyond Technology, the experience podcast by Acrolec, where we chat about how we're transforming everyday lives with the help of technology. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond Technology, an experience podcast by Acrolec. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and folks, it's a pleasure to have you listening in and tuning in to some more experience, podcast, thought leadership, and to more conversations that look beyond the technology, look at use cases, applications, and trends within our broader industry to get a better sense for where are things now and where are they headed. Again, I'm your host, Daniel Litwin. Thanks for joining us. And for more information on today's thought leadership, or to get some more Acrolet content, if you like what you see and hear today, make sure you head to our website, acrolec.com. Again, acrolec, A-C-R-E-L-E-C.com. You can also subscribe to Beyond Technology on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So on today's episode of the show, we're going to be taking a step back and giving a bit of an eagle-eye view of our industry and our core technologies, which are self-service kiosks, but then even more generally, self-checkout technologies. Though both of these solutions have gained a lot of validation over the years for uh, their mass deployments across retail, QSR, and hospitality verticals, the concept of, first, the self-service kiosk has evolved and grown a lot since its first deployments in as early as 2006 in chains like Subway, McDonald's, and Burger King. And self-checkout has an even longer story and validation process with implementations as early as 1992 in New York. So over those 20 to 30 years now of the life cycle of these technologies, uh, where have they grown? Right, That's really the core question today. How has the self-checkout process and its necessary technologies grown and accelerated? How have its industries adapted to these accelerations? And where are we at now? How should that inform future investments and future business decisions? Well, here to give us perspective is today's guest. I'm pleased to welcome Mr. Craig Bevan. He's VP of Sales and Commercial Director at Acrolec. Craig, great to have you on. How are you doing? Very well. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Absolutely. It's a real pleasure pulling from your insights today. Thank you for giving us some of your time here. Uh, Before we get into our core uh, talking points today in our core discussion. Why don't you give our audience just a brief rundown of your experience in this space and how that informs your perspective today? Yeah, no, no problem. Um, so, yeah, I've been fortunate enough to work in retail for 25 years. Um, I've worked in a number of uh, geographies. I've spent time out in North America. I've spent a lot of time across Europe. I've been to Asia. So I've got a really good feel, I think, of what's going on in the retail world and what's going on in F&B and QSR. Perfect. Thanks for that context. All right. So let's jump in. Uh, In my introduction, I mentioned two key technologies, uh, SEO or self-checkout, as well as self-service kiosks. Now, these have some crossover in function and technology, but they can also serve very different purposes. And many integrations can look wildly different from each other with kiosks that don't have any self-checkout needs or use cases or the other way around, right? Self-checkout that doesn't require a big interactive screen. So what are the core differences, in your opinion, between an SEO hub and a self-service kiosk? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, it's the purest 
A kiosk is something you'll find in a fast food restaurant. It's got a big screen and you go and order your burgers from it. Yeah. A self-checkout is something you'll see in a more traditional retail environment where typically it's a small screen and you scan you, you scan and pay for your grocery products. And that's the purest of difference. But, you know, there's, there's been a lot of changes and those two technologies are merging together. Um, and where you saw the introduction, um, as you called out before, when companies like Acrolex started introducing kiosk into self-serve restaurants, you know, they went to the biggest possible screen they could find. And there was a reason for that, because you wanted to shout out to customers coming in, hey, look, we've got a kiosk here, come and use our kiosk. Now customers are very used to kiosks and they're not particularly looking for them. They're expecting to find them. So they actually don't have to be that big. So what you see is the kiosk size actually being reduced to give the customer intimacy when they're ordering. So screen size coming down. Then when you take a self-checkout, you'll see the screen size going up because the retailer wants to use that screen for different functions and different services. So you see them starting to look similar. Then you see new technology coming in like touchless. So what I mean by touchless is obviously a byproduct of uh, of COVID has been people don't want to touch so many things. So instead of physically actually touching the screen, you put your finger, you keep it a centimeter away and it still forms the same transaction. And what you'll see at the moment, you'll see touchless going into self-checkout and you'll see it going into kiosk. So again, they're looking more and more similar. I guess... I guess the key message for me, though, you know, now you've raised that topic, is it's far better to work with a company who operates in the kiosk space and the self-service and the self-checkout space because you can take innovations from both parts. And as they merge together, you can benefit from that innovation. You're not just talking to one side. Right, and that's critically important, especially because it doesn't seem like those crossovers are going to slow down anytime soon. Uh, if anything, they're going to continue to speed up uh, post-COVID. I mean, of course, there were accelerations to uh, digital channels and the sort of omni-channel sales approach to especially retail and QSR. But I think because of that, there's more of an emphasis on making that in-person experience, the brick-and-mortar experience, feel more elevated and also leak in some of the expectations around convenience that consumers now expect and get from their online ordering and online shopping. So yes, to your point, very important to be touched, uh, you know, in both of those worlds to have touch points in those two areas and make influential business decisions and advancements to technologies pulling from both of those worlds. Uh, to that point, you mentioned um, some evolution to the technology. I want to hone in there for a second. As we enter the second and third generations of self-checkout technologies and implementations for some companies, what have been the key changes from the first generation of self-checkout? You mentioned some of the most cutting edge changes, but have there been any more, I guess, you know, uh, under the hood changes or evolutions that have propelled SEO to relevancy? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd say first, though, um, you know, there's had to be change from the first generation. So, you know, there's so many more customer journeys these days. There's so much more open to the customer that this technology has had to change, absolutely. And and secondly, uh, perhaps more importantly, um, 
everyone doesn't want to look and feel the same. When the first generation came out, it was by a pretty select group of companies. And loosely, all solutions look the same. And nowadays, a retailer doesn't want to look like its neighbor. You know, certain certain companies have traded off the fact of, uh, you know, lots of people are buying our product, therefore you should buy our product. Well, we're in a different space in generation two and three, because again, as I say, everyone doesn't want to look and feel the same. You know, I'd say to answer your question specifically, we've seen the introduction of certain technology like camera technology, and, and that is prevalent within generation two, particularly generation three. Um, we've seen self-checkout being introduced into non-grocery, because when it first came out, that was absolutely uh, the focus. But, you know, again, customers' expectations are rising. The world is changing and, and stores have evolved. And what generation two and three have had to deal with, quite rightly, is the fact that online is massive these days. And where so much is open to online through e-commerce, when a customer actually comes into your store, you have to give them the journey. You have to empower them to check out in the way that they want to check out. And that's me. And that means it's had to change from this simple box that existed uh, without oversimplifying, you know, with, with generation one. Perhaps, um, perhaps the final point um, I'd like to say, I think the aesthetics and uh, the, the actual look and feel of the box has changed, um, of the technology has changed as well. In the past, you would walk into a store with Gen 1 and you'd expect to see a, a bank of full self-checkouts put together. Um, nowadays, when customers come into stores, they, they want those self-checkouts to reflect, reflect the brand. You know, they, they want to walk in and it's to be visually appealing. And so a lot more of second generation, two and three, they work more on the furniture and the overall aesthetics just to... Try and delight the customer when they come in and give them, you know, everything they can to improve their customer journey. We've been talking about a few key industries during the conversation so far. That includes QSR, uh, retail. I'd include hospitality in there, too, who have seen uh, a lot of benefits from at least a self-service kiosk, if not for completing orders and at least for wayfinding and for elevating the experience for end users. Um, I'm curious how have some of these different industries and any others, maybe, um, you know, live entertainment venues, for example, how they've leveraged improvements to these various technologies, specifically SEO for their benefit. And then what are some of the most creative ways you've seen different industries leverage this you know, for their specific needs? Okay. I mean, you've called out some good examples yourself there, to be fair. <laughs> um, if, if I could give you. A relatively basic example, though, and it's something sure. that Acolac really focus on because we really focus on the home improvement DIY space. And where you have the um, traditional self-checkout, that just, that's just simply a device that doesn't work in a DIY environment. Yeah, And so um, we had to look at that very closely. And so... Our design specialists, they went out and they, they changed the device completely. Um, and it was simple things, but things that actually make the customer journey work. And what that, so to give you examples, um, created security scales with a much heavier tolerance, for example, that you could put heavy items on. Um, 
created um, a much well a larger self checkout. You know, created um, furniture that was able to support large items. So if you if you actually take a large item through a self checkout, a DIY, actually you can imagine. Um, that would be quite difficult to do in a traditional self-checkout. So to do the overall design and the aesthetics and the ergonomics, whereby you can lean these items against something, they're not going to fall over, it makes it easy for the customer. So let's say quite a basic example, but what that does, that, that, that innovation actually opened up self-checkout into DIY. It sounds like a lot of these third generation evolutions are already proving to be valuable. I want to flip the script slightly, offer some chance for, you know, constructive criticism, but where do you still see room for industries uh, that are taking advantage of third generation SEO and self kiosks? Where do you still see room for them to grow in their use, right? To uh, still mature some of their use cases and elevate them to fully capitalize on the capabilities of third generation self-checkout? There's no one-off answer for this. You know, we live in a digital world and everything is about the customer experience. Retailers are very different from one another. Even retailers who operate in the same vertical segments are different to each other. It's all about the customer experience. And my strong advice in this space is, is to work with an organization who's willing to customize not just give you shrink wrapped off the shelf, off the shelf solution. It's to really try and understand your customer. And as you go into a third gen solution, build that solution together. So customization is absolutely key in this space, whether you're talking hardware or something. To expand on some of the core technologies that are pushing uh, self checkout to that third generation. One of the big ones here is camera technology. Uh, this is being used in a lot of different ways, but I want to let you explain here for our audience. Why are we seeing such an increase in camera-based technologies in self-checkout and uh, self-service machinery? And what's the purpose behind it, right? What's motivating this? One important challenge within self-checkout is shrinkage or theft or loss prevention, whichever expression you like to use. And the industry never really cracked this problem, in my opinion. And so typically you saw a security scale that was being used. And just to be very clear on that, if you have a bottle of wine or something, you scan it, it's then put in the weighed area. It's meant to be the weight that a bottle of wine would be. There's a check on that. You say, yes, that feels like it weighs as though it's a bottle of wine. It's a bottle of wine tick. But that is not the most secure way to, you know, to protect um, against theft. And what we saw many retailers doing, they would either be turning off the security scale because too many alerts would be going, it'd be causing too many interruptions for the customer, or they'd alter the margin of error. So they'd have a range of, of you know, within a weighing range. And so normally, yes, it probably is a bottle of wine. Let's move on. So in order to really help and, uh, you know, that help loss prevention. Camera technology has really come to the forefront. And, um, you know, w when you look at this fraud protection, I'll perhaps give you two examples of what camera tech can give for you. One would be missed scans. So what I mean by that is um, a customer rocks up to a self-checkout 
puts their hand over the barcode, pretends to scan the barcode, puts it down. But actually, they're hoping no one saw them move that item without it actually being scanned so they don't have to pay for it. Camera technology can detect that behavior. Um, a second example of camera technology would be tag switching. So a customer uh, may decide to take an expensive item, remove the tag, put the tag of a less expensive item on, scan that, pay and go. And again, camera technology will identify that. So camera tech coupled with weighing security, it just adds a new dynamic and it, it really works against shrinkage and uh, we feel it's a real positive move um, and, and again you'll see this a lot in particularly third generation self-checkout. Do you imagine that uh, this is going to become even more prevalent as we see more grocery stores uh, go and experiment with uh, stores without any staff so for example uh, Sam's Club now uh, or some of Amazon's staffless stores, do you see these integrations being utilized more with that expansion? Yes, no, why or why not? Absolutely, yes. Um, I see a focus there. We cannot get away from the fact that labor costs are going up and up, um, coupled with the fact you have to digitalize. Post-COVID, stress on retail is incredible. And if you want to compete, you have to give the customer the digital toolkit that he or she wants to use. But with that, it has to be secure. So for me, to answer your question directly, yes, we're going to see a surge in that space. I want to offer up some opportunities to hone in on a few other industries as well. Uh, we've mentioned retail several times, but I want to present some different context here, especially after the mass validation and acceleration of e-commerce trends. I'm curious if you can... Give some examples for how retailers are trying to bring that sense of convenience to the in-store experience and then how this kind of technology, self-checkout, camera-enabled or self-service kiosks, how they're trying to create that seamless shopping experience for the customer and validate some of those convenience desires. Yeah, I, I love the word seamless, um, you know, and, and, you know, uh, another word I use a lot is frictionless. and. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd, I'd say a good example of a frictionless, seamless journey um, and, and something we're seeing at the moment is uh, perhaps I'll give you an example. Um, you're, you're online, you're at home, you're in the office. Yeah, you've, uh, you've gone to a retailer's website, uh, you've selected something, um, I don't know, a lawnmower or something. No, actually, for someone like you, you look far too cool for this. You've selected a skateboard or something. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. You know, you've, you've put it in your basket, but you've decided not to check out. And the reason you haven't checked out is because you want to buy something with it. You know, I mean, I, I, I joke with the skateboard thing, it might be a helmet, but if you're in a DIY operator, you're born a lawnmower, so you might want to buy a rake with it, whatever that is, you know. But you've decided you need some advice. So you're going to go to the store. You attend the store, you receive um, advice, you select your product. What you've technically done then, you have selected an extra item, perhaps a third item. Now, you go to the self-checkout, and at this time, you actually purchase two or three of the items in one go. So you can purchase your online product at the same time as the in-store products. 
Now, because you've come into store and because the retailer has been clever enough to invite you into the store, the retailer is benefiting from the fact that you're buying more product. And then in return, the retailer can return that that favor by perhaps offering a discount or making, uh, you know, uh, giving a voucher or, you know, whatever it is, some kind of personalized offer. For me, I love those type of seamless journeys because what they're going, they're going from one channel to another. It's seamless to use your word. You know, they can start online, but you finish in store, the customer's winning and the retailer is winning. A tangential industry that I want to toss your way here now uh, for context is the convenience store industry, C-stores. Uh, I'm curious how you've seen convenience stores fare this year with many different disruptions impacting their operations. And how has the state of that market influenced some of their technology decisions and investments, again, specifically around self-checkout technologies? Yeah, so convenience stores are an absolute presence at, at the moment. You know, they're going, they're going from strength to strength. And uh, we're seeing a lot of tech activity. And we're seeing um, particularly Acolec. I mean, we're being approached a lot very much by companies who operate in the, in the gas or the petrol space. So where you see a gas operator and obviously they've got a convenience store, you know, within that setup. And, and there's a really good reason why Acolec are being approached by this type of company. Um, and it's because we've got such experience in the QSR space and such experience with our software. And but perhaps I can explain that with an example as well. Um, you've turned up to a, a gas station, you've bought your petrol, perhaps you've paid for it outside. So, yeah, so you've used an outdoor payment terminal, but you want a sandwich. So you go into the convenience store. You go into the convenience store, there's a self-checkout. You want to scan and pay for that sandwich. But as you're stood in front of the self-checkout, you notice there's a coffee machine in the corner and you'd like a coffee as well. Now, previously, you'd have to scan that sandwich, pay for that sandwich, then you'd go over to a coffee machine and you'd order the coffee and then you'd pay but the advantage of having self-checkout software linked with the QS software that Acrolec have, you're able to do both transactions on that one self-checkout. So you're scanning your sandwich, and because there's QSR software on that device, you're able to order a coffee and pay for the coffee at the same time in one, tran- in one transaction. Then you go and collect your, um, your coffee. And... We see this as a major differentiator with Acrolec. The fact that you able, are able to do this from the retail space, the scan and pay, and from the QSR space, the order and pay, and combine them on the same machine. So we're seeing a lot of interest in how fuel operators can improve that customer journey. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very exciting times. All right, let's get your honest assessment here. Do you think these self-checkout trends that we saw motivated by the pandemic or at least accelerated by the pandemic, are they here to stay? Or do you see different trends taking over? Do you see them evolving in any key ways? Why or why not? Yeah, no, absolutely, yes. Self-checkout is here to stay. Um, Acrolec ourselves ran a study recently, and it's a statistic I use a lot. 
which is 86% of all customers expect to see a self-checkout when they walk into a supermarket, which is an absolutely huge percentage. We're also predicting that in certain territories, countries, over the next five to seven years, we're expecting self-checkout usage to double. Um, And I guess even in mature markets where self-checkout is heavily deployed, we're expecting still to see a growth of about 10% um, over the next sort of five to seven years. So, uh, yeah, definitely here to stay. And we're in that digital world. Um, more technology is going to keep coming. and It's all about improving that customer experience, as I keep saying. That stat you bring up, that 80 plus percent of customers walk into a grocery store and expect to see self-checkout. I think that is incredibly validating for self-checkout technology. And if anything, every industry should look at that and think it's an expectation now from our consumers that we have this technology and that we integrate it in thoughtful ways and that it uh, contribute to that frictionless, seamless experience like we were talking about. But for that mass adoption to actually happen, I mean, what's great is that this technology is, like you said, already almost three generations in for some uh, use cases. But in avenues or in markets that still haven't fully grasped how to maximize self-checkout, what do you think is going to be necessary for the use of self-checkout to continue to grow, right? What kind of uh, inter-industry motivations, uh, what kind of um, you know pushes from consumers, or what kind of just dedicated strategy is going to be needed to see the growth of this technology uh, continue? I think what we're going to see is multi-purpose devices. Yeah. So um, I think we're going to see self-checkouts that can be used as ATMs, for example. I think we're going to see self-checkouts that will host lots of different services. So you can pay your bills on a self-checkout as well. You can pay your gas, your electricity bill, for example. Um, I think we'll see more and more of the introduction of mobile journeys so you walk into a store you check in with your iphone or your samsung or whatever um, you scan the products yourself as you go around the store and then you and then you have to pay now yeah sometimes you can pay on your apple device other times in other stores you're going to be going to a self-checkout device and you're either going to pay that device and leave or where there's a store that has more expensive items, perhaps they want the self-checkout device to be manned because they want to check what, you know, what products you've actually picked up. Um, and so you'll see that slight different use of the self-checkout device, uh, where it says manned or no man, which is coming back to what the industry termed as hybrid some time ago, which didn't really pick up, uh, take off, sorry. But I think, I think it is now. So... As all different sort of retailers see what's possible with the art of how self-checkout is used today on how it could be used in the future or how mobile is growing or how other services could be used or how it could be used as an ATM, all these other different verticals are going to consider the possible digital journeys and work out what's right for them. So I think it will, say, keep, keep growing. And again, it's all down to the individual retail and how they delight their customers. All right, Craig, the last thing I want to toss your way here for our conversation is basically just closing out by briefly mentioning some movement on Acrylex's part as a business and using that uh, as context for some other intersections in the self-checkout space. So 
Another company was recently integrated under Glory, which is a cash management company. Pretty exciting stuff there. I'm curious then how important cash is still to the shopping ecosystem, especially with automated solutions leading the customer experience forward like SEO and uh, self-service kiosks, right? What role does cash still play in the brick and mortar ecosystem and why? First of all, I'd just like to say, I mean, it's fantastic that Glory have acquired the majority of Accolette because obviously that gives us a lot more financial clout. And it also means we can focus a lot on innovation, which is what we're all about. But specifically um, to your question, um, without a doubt, on the back of COVID, the use of cash has reduced. So people don't typically handle as much cash as they used to. So we're seeing that. But what's very clear is, just because it's less less cash doesn't mean we're cashless. So you can't disappoint a customer who walks into your store and wants to use cash. You know, for me, that would be a mistake. You have to allow the customer to use cash. So where that positions us is having um, been acquired on the whole by um, Glory, it allows Accolade not only to use our cashless solutions that we have today, but also work very closely with Glory to develop smart solutions where we can add cash to our solutions. So again, just bringing all that innovation of two very good companies. Um, cash is here to stay. I'm absolutely confident of that. It just won't be as prevalent as it has been over, over you know, previous decades. And then just to bring everything back to the core point of today's conversation, how do you see cash usage intersecting with self-checkout in the future? Uh, again, especially as these technologies try to find ways to make the experience frictionless, uh, where does cash play a role there and how can we integrate it into third and future generations without sacrificing the quality of the experience? We're doing a lot of work in that space and perhaps a good example would be um, the use of what we call a hybrid cash solution. So what that means is, as I said before, the, the, the use of cash is going down and people want to use cards a lot more. So that's fine. So you offer that solution. Yes, you still want to offer cash. But that doesn't mean you put cash on every single device then. So what we've been developing is um, a hybrid cash solution, which perhaps if you can visualize it, you may have three or four self-checkouts and a shared cash component part which serves all four self-checkouts. So you're not putting cash into every single device, but you're allowing each device to be used and still have um, a generically used cash deposit um, uh, device. So that for me is uh, a proposition which really supports the retailer because it means they obviously don't have to invest in cash modules on every single device. But And it also helps the retailer that it's allowing cash to be brought into their stores. So it's, it's ideas like that and, and it's approaches like that, it's, which, which, which we believe is the way forward. All right. I think we'll go ahead and wrap the conversation on that future focused note. Thank you again, Craig, for all your insights today and walking us through these evolutions in self-checkout technology and giving us a look into some of Acrylec's uh, current developments to accelerate uh, the adoption and some of the potential frictionless use cases. 
for this technology as well as what the future holds. So again, thank you. We've been speaking with Craig Bevan. He's VP of Sales and Commercial Director at Acrylec. And Craig, if folks want to find out more about some of the work Acrylec is doing in the space or they want to get in touch, maybe source your thought leadership or just ask you a question, how can they do so? Yeah, they can get me on LinkedIn um, or go to acrylec.com. Any media you'd like to go through, I'm on it. So look forward to speaking to you. Perfect. Craig, thank you again for your time. It's really been a pleasure and we'll chat again soon. Thank you, Daniel. I've enjoyed it. And thank you everyone for watching another episode of Beyond Technology, the experience podcast by Acrylec. If you like what you heard and saw today and you want some previous episodes or you just want to make sure you don't miss out on future thought leadership, make sure that you're heading to our website, acrylec.com, as well as subscribing to Beyond Technology on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Beyond Technology. 